Hi, you are listening to Mobile Couch, and this is episode number 90. It's a nice round number too. I like round numbers. Mm. Yeah. But we're, we're getting very close to that kind of mythical 100. Yeah, we're going to end on 99 and just leave it. <laughs> is, that, is that what's just troll. This whole thing has been a giant troll <laughs> just to mess with those people who would like, that would kill them. You yeah. know, no, actually, you know what we'll do? We'll do 99 and then 101. And just never do a hundred. I, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Have like a missing episode, and we'll just never mention it. It'll just everyone will wonder what happened to episode one hundred. No, we'll mention it all the time. Oh, how we'll good episode one hundred yeah. was! It, it'll be the best episode that we've ever done, but nobody will ever hear it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we've already done it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I've been trying out the dependency injection, Ben. I've, yeah, I, you know, I've been working on GIF wrapped the last few weeks, and uh, it's been pretty cool because, uh, you know, I've been writing a lot of like rewriting a lot of classes by porting them from Objective C to Swift, and part of that has been like, oh well, maybe I can do this in a little bit better a way, and so rather than doing like singletons everywhere, as discussed, I've been like passing in my dependencies. And how are you finding it, Jelly Man? I like it. I've I've liked it a lot because. I think more so the thing that I pointed out on our episode what is the fact that it highlights like where all yeah. the linkings l- links are. That's, that's right. the best thing about it. I think that's yeah. the best thing that's I, I've I've noticed. You suddenly find your app is just one giant net of singletons. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not so much the fact that it's a giant net of singletons. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that I guess that is appropriate. But like, it's it's more that like now I know. I know exactly where I'm passing my you know, my library controller. And I mean, it's still a singleton. There's still like a shared instance because... I mean, I think that's totally fine. It's still like legit to only have one. Yeah. It's just you pass that one in rather than... Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I pass it in at one point yeah. and then the rest of the chain kind of inherits it from everything else. Yep. Which is super nice. It. It's It's been amazing. Like it's been an excellent way to, to, to manage it. I'm, re- I'm, really, I'm really happy with how that kind of has nice. worked. So. Glad it helped. And I, I think it helped a bunch of people because we got a lot of like we got a lot of feedback on Twitter and stuff like that, which is super cool. None that I'm gonna like pull out specifically, but yeah, people but... people did take to it. So good work, Ben. Thanks. I thank all my fans as well. Here's <laughs> <laughs> here's a golden trophy oh, for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to follow that up. So rather than try and follow it up with anything cool, I'm going to talk about something really, really mundane and uh, talk a little bit about file management. Cool. But you mean like in terms of the Cocoa, right? Not like you put your files in a folder and then you put your view controllers in a folder called view controllers. Right. So I'm talking about like in your actual app. Yeah. Not necessarily like the way that you manage your class files and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm talking about like, obviously GIF wrapped is an app that deals with images and images tend to be files. That's tends to be how you store them. So I deal with images and I, rather I deal with files quite a lot. And so I, I thought maybe I'd pull out some of the um, bits and pieces that I've kind of been, especially I've been working on it a bit recently, especially because with the library and stuff, and um, looking at my caching kind of layers and stuff like that. And I figured I'd like maybe share some of the stuff that I've kind of been doing over the last, I mean, few years really, but yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, first question. If you sign a contract and they say, here's a copy for your records, what do you do with that thing? Like that's, I'm seriously asking this because (laughs) (laughs) I just like chuck it in my car and it lives there for a a month you, and then I like go take a contract should... and you put it in your car and you just leave it in your car pretty much and then a month later I'll be like mm, I should put that somewhere so it makes it to like my desk and then after that I'm like man I've got too many papers on my desk, desk. Right. now what do I do with it what you do with it is you scan it that's clever and then you keep it in like Dropbox or something what a great answer thank you I've learned something today and you create a file from your file yeah. of well managed yeah and I mean then you can like file your contracts away I've got like yeah, see, you have a... Oh, no, but you've actually got files in there, like folders, sorry. That's good. See, mine is more of a pile in a drawer. Yeah, mine are... Like, each of those little packets are uh, different, you know, types of files. So there's, like, a packet for invoices and a packet for contracts and a packet for, like, image release agreements and stuff like that. Brilliant. Mm. Well-managed files. Yeah. That's what so this topic I'm pretty was good about, at file right? management, yeah. 
So more to the point, like a lot of apps will deal with files. And I mean, even if you're using database, a database of some kind, you've got a file somewhere. Um, you might not necessarily touch it or do anything specifically uh, mm-hmm. with it, but y- y- there is a very good chance that you're gonna you're gonna be touching the file system at some point. At you know, yeah. I mean, know. even user defaults, it's just saved in your bun. Well, not your bundle, in your app. What are they called? Your the folder where your app lives on your phone. Uh, I I mean, I call it the the sandbox because that's what I think that's kind of word. talked about it like on OS ten. So yeah, even user defaults is saving a file. Yeah. In the sandbox. Yeah. And so you, you probably touch the file system at some point, even if it's to like read something or just to like, you know, save your NS user defaults or something like that. And a lot of people will use NS File Manager, right? Mm-hmm. NS File Manager is kind of the most basic version of a class to deal with files. Yep. Have you have you used NS File Manager? Of course. Probably, yeah. I mean, obviously. I um, think most people would do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not in iOS land. I definitely don't use it much these days. I'm struggling to remember the last time I used it, but like it seems like years ago I used it all the time and I have no idea why. Maybe because you're more dealing ch- with database stuff now. Yeah, probably actually. That, that in fact, I think that's exactly what it is because I used to just save my app's data basically as a text file or NS coding. Yeah, so a lot of people days. will also use, yeah. like a lot of people will kind of use um, like wrappers and like and cl- and libraries that are designed to deal with this, you know, instead of you. Yeah. So, for instance, if you're downloading and you know s- storing images a lot, um, you might be using a like a caching library, like we've talked about Hanik, and there's yep. SD Web Image Image, and there's the one from the Flipboard Path pa- Path people. Path, yep. Path Fast um, Image Cache. Haven't I, used that one in a while. I learned about a new one the other day called Kingfisher. That's the Swift one? Yeah. So there's a bunch of them and they kind of abstract away the need to deal with the file system directly and they kind of deal with it themselves. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be like there are going to be some situations where that doesn't necessarily meet your needs or you need to do something else. And so um, what you tend to use is NS File Manager. NS File Manager is used for kind of basic file management. So you use it to like copy, move, delete files. You can read from files. You can do a bunch of different bits and pieces. So there's a there's a shared version. I think it's like default manager or something. And uh, that's just basically like, you know, access any files you want and you just pass in the path that you want and it's fine. Yeah, as long as that path is in your sandbox. Right, or in one of your app groups or something. Yeah. Some, somewhere that you have a, a, the ability to access. One cool thing about NS File Manager is that you can actually set like a root directory, like a root path, and then all of the paths that you pass into it, you pass in like a relative one. Oh, cool. Relative to that. Does um, that default to your sandbox? Uh, no, it, it defaults to the root of the device. That seems baffling, but so cool. So when you pass in a path, so I, I, I think it's designed so that it's designed that way so that you, uh, when you like take an, a, like a file URL, um, the file URL is like default, like it it's the whole the whole URL, so it's all mm. the way down to the root of the file system. Yep. So when you pu- like when you turn that into a path and pass it into NS File Manager, it yeah, okay. knows how to deal with it. But you can set so you can set the, what's called uh, current the current directory path on NS File Manager. Ideally, you'll create your own NS File Manager and do this rather than using the shared one because mm-hmm. yeah, not a good idea. And then, so you could set it to like the root of your sandbox or your app group or whatever. And then you can, all the paths that you pass in can just be relative to wherever that folder is. Yep. And kind of cleans up a lot of the dealing with files and dealing with URLs and stuff like that. I don't actually think I knew that. So that's cool. It is very cool. There's a bunch of other stuff that you might, that you can do within as file manager that you might not realize. Actually, one thing that you can do within as file manager is um, obviously iCloud stuff. Yeah. Which I've tended to avoid. Yeah, so have I. Um, so I, I don't. I'm not going to go super into it. I don't really. I mean, it really isn't kind of something that I'm going to deal with in this episode at all. Because syncing files is well and truly outside of uh, something that I want to talk about on an hour long podcast. Yeah. But anything that starts well, has reference to ubiquity or ubiquitous or yeah, right. Whatever is for dealing with iCloud, and there's about six to ten methods in in NS File Manager for dealing with that. But one cool thing that you can do is you can actually... So if you have a a directory, let's say you've got a directory and that directory or a folder, whatever you prefer to call it, I tend to like vary. 
that directory has like a bunch of maybe subdirectories and maybe some files in there mixed in some various different places. Um, one thing you can do is there's a method on here called enumerator at URL, including properties for keys, options, error handler. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one. So let's just call it enumerator at URL. Yeah. And that creates a, a directory enumerator, mm-hmm. uh, NS directory enumerator, which allows you to uh, like basically read through that structure all the way down if you want. So you can go into subdirectories uh, or choose not to go into subdirectories. And it's an enumerator like you use with arrays and dictionaries yep. and stuff. So you can just use it in like a, a for loop or whatever. Or with, you know, if you're swifting it, <laughs> you can probably use it with map and stuff like that, which is really cool. There's also a version of that that returns, just returns an array of URLs that are within that uh, within that structure as well. Another cool method. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're ever dealing with needing to like compare two files, okay, is called contents equal at path and path. How does that work? So it just returns a boolean, like it doesn't give you anything like super you know, clever. And I'm pretty sure I'm like ninety percent sure that it just deals with the hash of a file as opposed to like the yeah, contents right. of the file itself. And it probably goes into like, you know, checks to see that they're the same size and then checks to see that, you know, the hash is the same. And maybe if the hash isn't the same, then it checks the actual data. But it will compare two files uh, or directories uh, and com- lets you compare their contents and will return yes if they're the same and no if they're not the same. So if it's a directory, does it just compare file names or is that including the files in those directories? I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's both. I think it's well, I think it will compare the file names and all that sort of Ooh, stuff. Oh, I didn't know this either. But it will be able to, you can, it's basic comparison. Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's just, to, you won't be able to use it to like diff a file or anything like that. It's just, so as an example, you might use it to, let's say that you have a, a, a library of, of images that you're collecting in your cool image app. Do these images move? They do. Uh-huh. Welcome to the future. <laughs> this is like Harry Potter. <laughs> it is. And let's say that you're going to, you, you've got a folder of new images that you want to import. You want to also check to see whether or not any of those images that you're going to import are already in your library. That's cool. And so you can basically go through each one and compare that with the files that are in your library. Cool. So I you, didn't actually know there was a thing for this. Yeah. Great. I'm learning. This is another cool one. Yep. You ready for this? Let's say that you have uh, like a finder type interface and you want to like show a list of your files in your in yep. your app. I can imagine that. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, like Dropbox or something. Yeah. Like where you have... You're building the Dropbox app. Yeah. And so you have a bunch of like URLs or paths and those paths might be to, for instance, say your library folder. Yep. One really cool method on NS file manager uh, is called display name at path. Take a guess what that does. It gives you a nice bit of text that kind of describes that path. Yeah. I think I did know this one. How does it decide what's a nice looking thing? Does it, is it always just the last folder basically or? Yeah. So I think it's mostly just this, the last folder, but it also localizes stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you have your library folder mm-hmm. yeah, and your your language is set to French, it will show, uh, it will show bibliothèque. Th- I don't know how to speak French. Neither. Uh, but it, it will show the French version of that that word as opposed to library, even though it's not called bibliothèque, and you can't use that as a uh, as a legitimate path. But it localizes it, so it's nice so that you can you know you can display it. It's the idea is that it's something that you can display um, if you ever need to. Cool. Didn't know that either. Although localizing paths sounds crazy, but I guess it's just display name. Yeah, well, I mean, it's only it's not yeah. designed for you to be able to use it to write to stuff. Yeah, it's only designed to allow you to display it, which is why it is called display name at path as yep. opposed to anything else. Gotcha. And it's the the cool thing about it is because it like lo- makes sure that it's localized and whatnot. You can you can just basically call um, call it, and you don't have to like you know do your own special localization yeah. for words like library and documents and stuff like that if they're just you know being pulled from a path. So NS File Manager is pretty basic. I mean, it's space. It's the it's the standard kind of thing that you'll use if you're going to touch the file system in any way. Yep. And it's actually a pretty handy API for for doing that. I mean, it's pretty good, and you can kind of 
create your own uh, version of it and pass that around if you if you need to. So if you want to mm-hmm. just touch one directory, um, you can kind of do that. Cool. But maybe you want to go deeper. I do. Always. <laughs> so there is another class, which is kind of similar to NS Scanner. Do you know about NS Scanner? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is for strings and it allows you to scan strings. You wrote your own one once. I did write my own one once. Yeah, it's a very early episode. Yeah. Probably yeah. episode seven. It's a guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look it up now. <laughs> seven. What's the title? I wrote my own C string. Oh, library. that's the one I thought it was. No, that's you. You wrote your own C string. But I figured library. that was the one you would have mentioned it in. Maybe. I think I just earned my <laughs> PhD in mobile couch. His history. Is there, a, is there a fancy word for history? Not that I know about. Yeah, maybe I only got my master's. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see, so I'm just gonna. I'm, we'll leave it to somebody else to um, listen to dig through like, the link through that archive. listen to that episode and uh, and tell us. So NS file handle is the class that I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. With this with, that is like NS scanner, and it's for doing exactly the same thing. It's for like reading files a little bit at a time. I'm not super familiar with it. Like, it's got a lot. Like, there's a lot of stuff there. But it's worth mentioning because if you're going to touch anything that is kind of uh, large, yeah, like big files, you, you might, might want to read it just a little bit of time. Yeah, because you might not be able to actually load your... Like, say you were writing a um, movie editing app. Yeah. And your movie is 16 hours long. Yep. You can't load that 16-hour movie into right. memory. So right. you need to you need a strategy for that. And that's what this helps you with, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're writing a movie editor, like you're probably going to have 16 hours easily worth of footage that you're going to be using to, to you know, piece together to make the movie. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's easy, it's a lot better for writing, like touching those big files and just touching kind of air, like parts of them um, or modifying them even. So you can like write into a specific area of a file. So let's yeah. say you've got a big, big text file and it's basically just a big list of words or something you can, you know, pick out lines from that file uh, and you know update the line with new words or whatever to make sure that you can... Yeah, so ages ago, when I was pretty much first getting into iOS, I can't remember why, but I had to write something where you record your voice. So just sound. Yep. And it was amazing. I mean, the framework handles it all for you, so you don't really have to think too hard about it. Yeah. But I just figured, you know, you would record a sound in memory and then save it. But no, you, you can't do that. Well, you might be able to now. This was like a 3GS or something. But yeah. you like quickly run out of memory. So, so you, you need got, to be... You got to be able to write... Yeah, opening a file and saving to it bit by bit by bit, kind of buffering it through. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is exactly what that's, this, mm. this, like, this class is designed to handle. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and I mean, it's also useful for other things. It seems to be able to like read and write to sockets and stuff like that, which is more useful on like Didn't Mac know OS. that. But it seems that that seems to be like what it's designed to do is like be able to touch files that are going to be like written to a little bit and at a time. And sockets are cool, right? Web sockets are really cool. It's like a bit of push. Have you ever played around with web sockets? Not much, but yeah. Just you can imagine it as like continuous push. Yeah, it's fun. I've never actually don't think I've ever managed to ever get it into a shipping product. But we always like go, we should use sockets, and then <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's NS file handle. I won't really go into it very much. And there, there is a lot there that you can kind of look into if, if you're interested in it. Particularly, maybe you've been like, I've been looking for this my whole life. Yeah. So you know, that's it's worth it was worth mentioning. So the next one is one that I use mm-hmm. pretty much all the time, and it's called NS file coordinator. Yep, I've used this one. Yep. A while ago again. So do you remember what it's for? I'm going to take a stab. Yeah. Is it something to do with coordinating <laughs> files? <laughs> wow. I don't know how you guessed that. That's mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. I'm su- I'm surprised. I'm so surprised. Life hack. Always <laughs> pick the obvious answer. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea behind NS File Coordinator is a little, it's a slightly more com- complex than that, obviously. Okay. Uh, I mean, it is for coordinating like access to files. So I've got to pass. You got to pass. Peas get degrees. Uh, but, <laughs> but it uh, it like the idea is so that you can uh, you can kind of share those files between multiple processes or within objects 
Okay. Like of, you know, of the same process, but different different areas of the same process. Yeah, wow. The idea, I think, especially on iOS, the idea is so that you can use it when, uh, so that you can kind of make sure that it's okay to be working on working with files in app extensions and the main app. Yeah, so you do you kind of get a lock on the file or something? Basically, yeah. Um, so it will it will basically stop everything from continuing on that thread, um, block the thread until you know access is available. Or yeah. there there is an asynchronous version as well that basically, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you queue up to edit the file. Yeah. So what do you use it for? Well, I mean, because I use it to access images that are shared between both yeah, gotcha. places. I also. Here's a little bit of inside information. The 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 metadata that is kept for for all of your library stuff mm-hmm. uh, is not written in a database. It's written in a file. It sounds like madness. Go on. <laughs> it probably is madness. <laughs> I have a class that is designed to um, that is basically just like I deal with this file. Um, yep. And so it uses NS File Coordinator because that file could be getting written to any point mm-hmm. uh, and. Very soon, with extensions and stuff like that, it will be getting written to from you know different places as well. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, I also I also use like thread, like you know, set up threads and stuff so that it's only ever getting written to like, yep, and not read from and all at the same time. But the idea for NS file corner is it kind of deals with a lot of that, like it blocks and lets you know certain processes through so that you know uh, you because you specify when you're going to be deleting a file. Yeah, and so you know it will. It acts like, you know, a traffic controller. Yeah. It's d- dudes with the white gloves that's, you know, in the US where they like, toot, toot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're waving yeah. their hands around. Yeah. Yeah. With the toot, toot. I don't know. They have a whistle, but I, I, I can't whistle. I man. can't whistle. Not, not especially not, not whistle either. This. That's because I got. Wow. I don't think I've ever met anyone else who we should form a brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, the idea is that it basically controls access. It lets you avoid deadlocks, uh, maintain integrity of the file and stuff like that, and probably you know, race conditions. I don't know. Yep. You don't want to be racing to you know, access the file. And the idea is that you, you create them as you need them, and then you close them and ditch gotcha. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. It in- inter- integrates with a class called NSFilePresenter. Mm-hmm. Can you take a guess at what that one is for? Nah. <laughs> It can't even tell. That's such an abstract name. <coughs> Which you implement with classes that display the contents of a file. They oh, present the file. Present. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. How did I miss that one? You got to fail for that one. <sighs> it's a protocol which uh, it basically allows you to get notified when changes happen to a file that's being kind of managed with um, your coordinator. So if you know you're presenting a file, let's say you have an image and you're presenting that image. Uh, and that image gets like de- changed, deleted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can update your UI when that is done gotcha, yeah. with the file presenter. Cool. No, I've never used that one. It's, it it can also be used for like let's say that you're writing like a Finder type interface, mm-hmm. um, which I've definitely written before. And you want to basically update uh, your rows of you know uh, that represent each file. Um, if the file changes, let's say somebody writes to the file and. You know, now it's you know a different size or whatever, and you want to update your interface to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use NS File Presenter to do that, along with NS File Coordinator. So that's kind of cool. Very cool. Yeah, there is a few things in this uh, in this class that you will probably use, but I think the main one that you will use are the coordinate yeah. methods, um, of which there are five. Okay, there isn't one asynchronous method called coordinate access with intense queue by accessor another great name yeah they're all great names so this basically just lets you provide a block Mm -hmm. or closure whatever called the accessor which lets you deal with the file inside of that block and it will run asynchronously once that once you're allowed right once you're allowed once it's your turn yeah and you specify what you're going to do that's what the intense bit is yeah Um, so so if you're just i'm taking it it's just like any normal I guess semaphore system where reading you can have many reads, as many reads at the same time as you want. Yeah. But if someone wants to go and write something, everyone else is like, Whoa. Yeah. Slow down there. I better stop reading. Or something. Yeah, well apparently there's a bunch of stuff that you can do to a file, which we'll get into a little bit later. Okay. Because I've got some stuff more further down. Um but there is apparently a lot of things that you can do that change a file. 
Okay. And this kind of, I guess, coord- NS file coordinator under the hood kind of deals with like access, making sure that those things. I mean, I've learned from Xcode that even just opening a file can change it. <laughs> with storyboards. Yes. Yes. Storyboards. <laughs> Good old storyboards. I, I love that. Although, until apparently Xcode, what are we up to? Eight, beta five. There's a yeah, well, note. well, well, there was a note to say that you know, that it, it should shouldn't do it as much or something. They did, and also they've said if it happens, file a radar. Like they think they've got it, but they weren't confident enough to say we've done it. I haven't actually tried it yet. At what point Xcode did that? I think Xcode itself did that. So when you opened up an Xcode project, it would be like, oh, I'm this has been opened with a previous version of Xcode. I'm going to tell it that I opened it up. I opened it up. Well, that's what the, that's what the storyboard change is. Yeah. The storyboard has a little tag for Xcode version. So it used to do that with the Xcode project, if I remember correctly. Doesn't surprise me. It hasn't done it for a long time. Yeah. The project file got simplified a while back. Yeah. So maybe it happened in there. So the synchronous methods, there's four of them. There's a bunch of them. And they're specifically for doing various different parts of it. And they're probably the ones that I use the most because yeah. I'm, I typically do this on its own thread anyway. So yeah, I, like, I, block it. I like APIs that provide you both options. Yeah. And so you have coordinate reading item at URL, coordinate writing item at URL, coordinate reading item at URL, writing item at URL. So okay, to read and then like to read and write to two different URLs, and then that would be like a copy, I guess, like a copy or a move, yeah, potential. Well, a copy, really, and then coordinate writing item at URL, writing item at URL, which is like you write to two different URLs. Oh, okay. I don't know why you would do that, but sure. Trying to think of a case, it's not coming to me. (laughs) I'm Um, sure that. I'm sure it happens. Yeah, they have the 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 actual method names are slightly more complex than that because okay. they have the whole options error by accessor stuff. Yeah, but it basically allows you to block the thread, do something with the file. So yeah. either read it or write it, um, read to it, read it or write to it, uh, and then kind of then continue, I guess. Yeah, and so you'll basically just wrap your whatever you're doing with a file in these kind of coordinate closures, and it will basically allow you to you know it'll make sure that it you've got proper access to that file and will coordinate yep your access cool and the docs for this stuff on um and i haven't read it f- for quite some time but the docs for some somewhere maybe with the icloud stuff or maybe with the app extension stuff suggest that you use these when you're dealing with like with app extensions um for ios because obviously you're going to be there a different process. So if you're touching files, yeah, you want to make sure that you're coordinating access to them correctly. I'm not actually sure whether or not caching of image, like image cache libraries, do use. Um, I wouldn't have a clue. You'd have to go whether or not they use this stuff. Read through the source. Yeah, but it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of important. You don't want to be writing to a file and having it change halfway through. No. So I've just realized a while ago now. I wrote this whole thing myself, but just with Grand Central Dispatch. Yeah. And it would have been way easier to just use this. Yeah. I mean, all I did was, you know, allow multiple reads, but only one write. So if you were writing, it stops all the reads. Yeah. But still, it was like, I should have just used this. should have just used this. I mean, I like the the file that I mentioned before. So I I have a thing called what I call my library state. Mm -hmm. It's It's basically just all of the metadata for all of the various different I- entries um, and it stores some extra stuff. So I use it kind of like uh, its own version of NS user, user yeah. defaults because why not? Yep. Uh, but also it stores all the metadata like for like revisions, versions and stuff for files when they're being synced. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the file name more importantly because I had so much problems with... So iOS has a case... Insensitive? No, case no, sensitive, case sensitive. Mac file has system. Insensitive. Well, more importantly, Dropbox has case insensitive file system. Okay. So more importantly to me, obviously. Yeah. So I ended up running into this problem where because I was basically just going, well, it's just Dropbox. I'll just do exactly what Dropbox does, and I'll take this file from Dropbox and I'll write it to the you know to the file system. Except that when I, I would run into like the fact that case sensitive stuff on the phone so somebody could save an image to their phone that has exactly the same but slightly different casing yep would confuse dropbox because it would be like which one of these files do i take yeah right so i had to basically part of the reason i have the state file in the first place is just basically to have a case insensitive file system yeah of my own which is 
This is a, um, I don't know if you've ever run into this. I used to run into this quite a bit with resources. Yep. So like you said, iOS is case sensitive. Yep. Mac OS by default case insensitive. Yep. I think you can actually set it up to be case sensitive. Yeah, you just, you just, you just, um, but anyway. So you like you have a resource that gets copied in and it's not being loaded right because the case is different to what you expected. So you go and rename it on your computer and Git doesn't pick it up because in Git size, it didn't change because it's case insensitive. Yeah. Have you ever had that? That's, I've, a, that's I've, a trick for young players, that I've, one. I have had that actually um, dealing with like you're trying to set everything to a specific case. Yeah, and yeah. so then you, you think it's worked, so you do your git, add, whatever, commit, push, and you're like, cool, problem solved, because it's solved on your computer. Yeah. But it's not solved. So So what you gotta do is you gotta like change the file name to a different Yeah, there's multiple like, versions. Word, you can just and delete then change it back with the correct case. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Or uh, you can delete from Git. So just do the one that deletes the record of it in Git for that commit. Oh, and right. then re add it. And then re add it, yep. That works too. But if you Google it, you'll find many people with this <laughs> struggling with this problem. Yeah. So, and if you don't have some sort of build server continuous integration thingy, you're never going to notice because it looks good on your computer. Yeah, and I I think that's that that's where I used to run into it. Like I would doing web stuff would commit all my stuff to Git, and I don't know that I had really kind of gotten into file system stuff all that much. I mean, obviously I had a general knowledge of it, but yeah. I. At that point, I hadn't been like writing, r- writing stuff to files and dealing with files in the system and stuff, um, in any kind of serious way. And yeah, I think that threw me because I would have some class, some of my like file classes would like class files rather would be called like would start with like a capital letter and then like the, yeah. the rest of the thing, and some of them would be lowercase letter and then the rest of the and that really like i'm very visual in that way i'll be like oh i can't deal with this got to change them all there you go (laughs) that's it yeah so i i think the way that i would do it was i would change the file name and then change it back so that it would uh, take because that because i didn't i didn't i didn't really understand why it was happening but that's that is that makes sense cool yeah so that mostly covers i think most of the stuff that you'll deal with with dealing with files cool Um, i I feel much better equipped yeah I mean, like I said, I I kind of use everything in here except for this file handle, more or less, to you know do various different bits and pieces. I write to my state file, um, or read my state file. I do use like th- I make sure that I use threads and stuff to uh, to help kind of assist with that. Yep. So, in, as an example, um, with my uh, library state that I mentioned before, I have a thread, like a I create a thread when the library state is created, um, the the object, and it deals with so all writes are done through that thread. Yep. Um, and also through the coordinator. Yeah. And that's just basically so that you know everything gets queued up, and I'm not reading at the yeah. same time, or and updates can be made from any thread, but they all get written through one specific thread. So that yep. I'm not like accidentally writing something to a to while something th- else is writing. Or something yeah, like while something that. else was writing, and it. I mean. It, it might be crazy, but it works. So, no, I don't think it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, How do you manage your... What are you using for your queue? Is that just the coordinator? So, like, say two things... My, my th- like the thread that I'm creating, the, the dispatch so, queue. Yeah, but you've you've said... So, you've made a thread. Yep. You've made a single thread for writes. Yep. And then outside of this one thread, you know, the rest of your app can call, I'm guessing, this class. Yep. And say, like, hey, I want to write this. Yep. And so then you're... Your state file manager class has got to queue them up somehow if they are coming from multiple other threads. So the way that I do that is that everything goes into that, effectively everything goes into that queue. Every, like everything gets passed into that queue eventually. Mm-hmm. And so I have my dispatch queue. That's there you go. That's yep. what I was after. So yeah, yeah. No, I, have, I have my dispatch queue. Sorry, yeah. that, I, that's what I meant. I, yeah, okay. So I, ha- I create my dispatch queue and then writes to that class um, are prepended so all of the properties on that class all have uh will set did set um things that basically call are like begin updates and end updates okay begin updates and end up updates will if i remember correctly um capture they make sure that it basically runs you know it captures all the state previous yeah and only writes at the end Okay. Writes to like writes to the file at the end of when the last end updates. So it's basic kind of yeah race conditions stuff, and then 
I also have a version which is like a block, takes a block. Yep. And that version just basically passes straight into the queue. And so that block is called yeah. on the queue. And at the end of that, of, of also, uh, it calls, you know, it calls begin and end updates also. So end updates ends up writing to the, yeah, okay. Um, writing to the file on the correct queue and all that sort of stuff. Nice. I think there's actually two queues, one for like processing and one for writing, but yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, it seems to be fine. And oh, sounds, like a lot of the time it's re- reading anyway. Um, not writing because it does do writes in various different times. Like when you ch- make an update to your library, it writes to the file. Um, and when you when Dropbox updates, it writes to the file, but it all goes through this library state. Yeah. So everything is kind of nice in that way. And I pass the library state around like, like you know, with dependency injection because that's the nice. what I was using it for, uh, which is kind of cool. So it works. Very good. So here's a little bit of uh, extracurricular. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Grand Central Dispatch. Extra marks. Did you know that you can use Grand Central Dispatch with files? I mean, I know I can write a file inside Grand Central. So not, Des- not with, like, not with yeah. like blocks and like queues and stuff like that. But did you know? So let's say, let's say, for instance, that you have a list of your files. Yes. So you're not necessarily using an NF file presenter. Um, or, you know, you might have a list of those files, but they're not actually on screen, so you're not using NS File Presenter. Um, you might want to be able to get, like, show an update, like show a, like a little alert or present a you know, notification or something uh, when your when a file change, kind of like Dropbox. Have you ever seen with Dropbox when, like, a file gets added to Dropbox? Yeah, that little... Uh, it'll give you a little notification. notification. Yeah. Annoying that thing. Yeah, I turn it off. <laughs> but something similar to that, right? Like, let's, yeah. say, let's say you have that. For me personally, uh, the new version of GiveWrapped has a cool new feature. Ooh! Uh, this is my favorite feature. Is this the like official announcement? Well, of this feature, it's yeah. a tiny little feature. New version of GiveWrapped has this tiny little feature which I call uh, the cache indicator. Yep. Uh, it's an icon on your grid of files that is basically a little cloud to show when that file is. I like on, it in the cloud or on your device. Yep. Yep. So it's there when it's. In the cloud, and it's uh, and not on your device, and it hides when you've got it downloaded. Kind of cool. Bro. So let's say, I mean, you, you could hook that up in a lot of different ways. Like you could go when that file, when that cell is displayed or whatever, you could go and check to see if it's available and then show up. But I mean, what if it's on the screen and the file arrives? Like you download, you tap to download, and it downloads. Yeah. You want to make make sure that you're updating that, right? I do. Or maybe, for instance, my state file. What if I have another process with its own version of a state file, like you know, in an app extension, and I want to basically see when the file is written to from outside my process, and go, okay, well, I need to I need to like read this from the disk again um, before anybody writes to it. Yeah. One of the cool things that you can do with Grand Central Dispatch is monitor file events. I did not know this. Okay. You can monitor a bunch of different events. One of them is file events. Huh. Uh, the one I care about is file events. Yeah, no. And it's actually really easy. There is actually a, f- a, a library that I saw recently that basically does exactly what I'm about to, to, to explain. And uh, it's the, the library is called KZ, KZ File Watches. Okay. Um, and it's just for watching you know, notifications from like events of files. Um, it can do remote files as well, but wow. I don't care about remote files. Um, but if you wanted to use this instead, you can use this. Um, it's by Krasistov Zablocki. It's pretty cool. I'll throw it in the show notes. But you can actually do like the same thing with local files very easily, which is kind of cool. And you could use this. I mean, let's say that you have a database anyway, and you want to be able to make sure that those changes are like shown when you um, in an app extension. You could use the same stuff because you're just writing to a file. Yep. So this is how you do it. And it's very it's like super easy. First of all, you take like you have a you have a file path, um, and you open that file path. Like, okay. Literally, it's the the the, cl- the file the the uh, the function is called open. And since we just want events, you pass in a flag for that, and it's it's uh, o underscore evt only yep. for event only. Event only. So if that file exists, the handle you get back is it's like an int, like an integer, uh, and it should be like greater than or equal to zero. Okay. I don't necessarily know what the various different numbers mean, but that sure, doesn't really matter. Somewhere. Basically, if it's less than zero, so if it's like minus one, um, the file doesn't exist. 
and right. so you can't you can't watch events for a file that doesn't exist. Kind of um, makes sense. But if it's greater than that, you'll have a file handle that you can kind of pass around. And so what you do is you create a dispatch source. Yeah, okay. I know about dispatch sources. Yeah, so this is how you do it. So dispatch underscore source underscore create. Mm-hmm. You pass your file handle into that. So you specify that the type is dispatch source type vnode. Wow, okay. Uh, and then you pass in the handle. And then you can give it a bunch of flags for the different events that you want to watch for. And a queue, dispatch queue yep. for calling the handler on. But the flags for the events, the different kinds of events that you can uh, you can be notified of are dispatch vnode delete mm-hmm. for deleting files. Deleting. Dispatch vnode write for writing. Dispatch vnode extend for... I don't know. If the file is extended? Uh, if the file changes in size. But only greater? Or can you negatively extend something? I don't actually know. <laughs> I've never been notified of this because my, my stuff doesn't necessarily yeah. care about the file size. But if you, for instance, if you're showing a list of things with their file size, you yeah. might want to like specifically I mean, be, get this. The uh, name's a bit confusing, but. Yeah. Um, dispatch vnode attrib. So A-T-T-R-I-B. For the attributes change. Exactly. Dispatch vnode link. If a file is symlinked. So I think it's it's if the link count changes. So I, I I think it's like if you've created new links or deleted links to the file, like okay. symlinks maybe. Yeah, that sounds that's a some of these I don't necessarily use, so I'm a little bit iffy. But yeah, you know, I've I've looked up the documentation for them, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really help me at all. Dispatch vnode rename. Oh, I got this one. Yeah, if you rename the file. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it's for. And the last one, I really have no idea. I, like, got, I have I got zero this. idea. I'm feeling confident. Dispatch vnode revoke. If the permissions on the file are changed. So the documentation literally says that if, if this, the file is revoked. If the file, the file system object is revoked. I'm like, what? <laughs> what Maybe if mean? you lose your handle to the monitoring. Maybe. But Maybe. yeah, I'm just guessing. It's possible, yeah. Just guessing. If someone knows, write in. Somebody does know. So you can, it's a mask. So you can pass in as many of these as oh, you yeah, want. Bit masks. Yeah. And you'll get notified of all the ones that you get passed in. So then obviously you need something to handle the event. Yeah. So you call, uh, you create a handler with dispatch source set event handler. That one makes sense. It's literally a block with no parameters. That and you so can when one of those read. things happens, that yep. block is called. That block is on called. On the queue you passed in before. Yep. Got it. <clears throat> and if, let's say that you have all of those events watched for you can specify a specific you know you can find out which ones the handle handler was called for by using uh dispatch source get data okay um within the within that block yeah and that will give you the mask basically of the, of the 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 of the um events that were triggered yep um you can also get a list of the ones that you have are watching but that seems kind of useless um at this point anyway yeah okay you can also set a cancellation handler. Yeah. So you do that by calling dispatch source set cancel handler. That gets called when you cancel the dispatch source. Yep. Because obviously at, at when you create your dispatch source, you get a dispatch source. So that's what you get back. Yeah. Uh, and if you, you can then cancel that. And so this this block gets called when that happens um, so that you can like let go of a bunch of things that you need to let go of. One of them might be the file handle, for instance. Yeah. Because um, you need to close that. So Clean up resources. Exactly. So you, you, you call within... That, that calls a block. It's just like any other dispatch block. Um, and you can just call like close and pass in your file handle and it will close that file handle and you've kind of tidied up a little bit. Um, but you might have other stuff that you need to clean up as well. You can yeah, whatever there. you've got. Yeah. And then once you've done all that, you need to call uh, dispatch resume with your source so that you can, you basically then start monitoring stuff. Yeah. There is kind of a th- third handler that you can call, that you can add. Um, it gets called after you've called dispatch uh, resume, it will get called once the events watching stuff is all finished setting up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's called, I think, dispatch source set registration handler. And then once you've once you've finished and you're kind of like, I don't care about this file anymore, you can call dispatch source cancel mm-hmm. um, with your source, and it will shut everything down and yeah, call your cancellation handler and deal with or, you know, close everything down and no longer watching it. 
so I use this for literally for the th- the feature that I mentioned before for the cloud icons. So when a file appears, um, when a file is downloaded, it will like the the icon will disappear. Mm-hmm. It has a nice little animation. Oh, fancy! And uh, and then when it when it is deleted, it will come back. And for those that are following along at home, and clearly not Ben, who is just like looking at me, you might be thinking, but hang on. You're using it to detect when new files are created. I actually was about to ask this. How do you monitor a file that doesn't exist? Yeah. As because you, said. you can't open it. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. How do you? I don't know. Take a, I, take a stab in the dark. I figured when you kicked off the download, you started monitoring it then or something. No, because you have to, the file needs to be like to exist for you to be able to open it. Yeah, right. I have no idea. No guess? <laughs> no, you can't do it? Okay. So what you do is... It's easy. It's really like it's, you'll be like, oh, you monitor the directory, the parent directory, uh, where the file goes into. Because it can monitor the directories as well. And yeah. so you'll get notified for any files that are inside. So it basically is like the kind of notification stuff that's on the NS file presenter, but you don't have to use a, like, you yeah. don't, don't have to be attached to anything that is uh, like, you know, NS file coordinator or anything like that. Like, if you just want to know when the file appears and when it disappears or when it was written to and you're not actually doing anything too complex with that file, cool. you can use these to basically tell when that is available. Well, I've learned a lot today. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff for dealing with files because, I mean, ironically, you yeah, have to deal I with guess, files a lot. Yeah, you do. Well, <laughs> you I can mean, see like in your app. I don't run into it too much these days. Most of the time I'm using Core Data slash Realm and... You know, that's my persistence layer. Yeah. Do you store images in those? No, but I don't really... You just use a caching library. Yeah, I don't really ever store images. I can't think of an app I've done really at all recently. I think I actually might have one on the horizon where I'd have to store an image. So have maybe you, I'll... Do you ever write apps where you like need to sh- like to upload files and stuff like Because you have to write to it, like have to have a file in the system if you want to do it in the background. Yeah, I almost never upload. I've done a profile picture before, yep. but that was kind of handled by a library. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't run into files that much. And that's fine. Like a lot of people won't run into files and that's, that's probably a good thing because it's a complex, like it's obviously a very complex thing that you have to deal with if you're dealing with yeah, files. Yeah, and it almost feels like Apple almost want, I guess with this new tablet world that I still don't think is ever going to happen. But anyway... The, f- the concept of files and folders and stuff, it's kind of going away, right? Right. I mean, the fi- the concept is going away-ish. I mean, obviously it's not because we've now got, you know, the iCloud app on our phones that yeah, has, like, you know, let you show you, see the files and the directories and all that sort of stuff. So mm. it's basically like a finder. And I mean, you can see it in Finder as well on your Mac. I mean, and so you might have representations of files, but you might not have files that kind of back those things. And in GIFWrapped, obviously I'm dealing with files but kind of not in the same way that you would expect. Like yeah. a lot of people would look at it and go, okay, well, I have all these files in, in Dropbox. I presume that they're just in my in the app. And that's not how it works because of all the file system differences and all that sort of stuff. I have to kind of do it in a different way. Yeah. So the files are written to uh, in a different way. And I I mean, sure, probably I could you know do do it a lot easier with Realm or something like that. Um, but I don't think that, like, I don't even know why I went with the, I think the option that, 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 what, how this all ended up was I started using a, a P list or something to, yeah, and it's just, just, I was like, this grown. seems, this seems, it seems like the easy implementation and just, that's just kind of how it ended up being staying. So, I mean, maybe you don't have to touch files and that's kind of cool, but if you, if you are touching files here, I've just kind of equipped you with a bunch of things that you can do. And one of the, so the library that I mentioned before, are the file watches, KZ file watches library that I mentioned before, the purpose behind that is to be able to like, let's say that you have, let's say you want to be able to like make quick changes to your app while it's running in the simulator or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can like write to a file in the directory and it will like watch ah, that file. And so that's kind of cool. what it can be used for as well. So you could use it for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need to use it in a shipping app. You can use files for different things. If you just want to like check to see what the wording looks like of a thing, you want to change it and make a few alterations yep. and stuff, you can do all that sort of stuff. It's kind of cool. Cool. But that's all I've got. That was files. Yeah, I learned a lot. That was good. And now I'm never going to use it. Yeah, by the sounds of it. Might not have needed to know it. <laughs> but you know, 
I bet you next week now I'll be writing files and I'll just be like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> Dispatch source. It's it's like it's it's like me with regular expressions. And there's the comic, there's the X uh, XKCD yes, comic that's where my he's favorite like, one. where he like swings it and he's Don't like, worry, I know regular, regular expressions, and he swings it and he's like, tap 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 tap, and he swings away. Yeah, it's like yes, thank you, regular expressions guy. I've, I don't that, know regular expressions. I, I, every I time I look guy. up the, just find one of those websites and just start messing around. I pretty much know star means everything, and I just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I use regular expressions a lot. I think that's one of those things where like it, you, you have the tool, so everything looks like you, know, you have a hammer, yeah. and everything looks like a nail. What's that phrase? I I use like I use them a lot, and uh, I have a, I have a I have an app that I use that I just basically pull up and I can type in. So I can add some text and then I can type in my yeah, pattern I just, and just match it. There's heaps of those in website form. So I just Google one. Yeah. So the one that I use, because the implementation can vary slightly. Um, so the one that I use, you can run it in different languages. Oh, so cool. you can select, so yeah, I've seen like, ones where you, you pick the type. And, yeah. uh, and it will let you copy out the code as well, some of them. Android Studio. And I'm guessing App Code have a built-in one. Yeah, I'm surprised really that I, that Xcode doesn't have anything built in. But then again, I'm not also not surprised because it was like iOS five ish that we actually got anything to do with regular expressions mm. that wasn't a giant pain in the butt. Yep. Hmm. But we're going to get them in Swift. They're going to be a Swift thing. Did you see that? In no, the I haven't seen that this one. Cool. I'm very excited about that. Anyway, that's off topic. Regular expressions are a topic for another day. Yes, I can swing in and tell everybody about regular expressions. Square bracket A dash Z close square bracket. We'll do an episode. It will just be in regular <laughs> expressions. If you'd like to read any of the show notes, I'm going to link to a few of the documentation bits and pieces and the library that I mentioned before, and maybe other resources that I can come up with. I'll throw they'll be in the show notes. Otherwise, if you want to send us an email, our details for that are on the website mobilecouch.co. If you'd like to talk to us individually, you can do that as well. You can talk to Ben. He's on Twitter. Right at this very second. Like, literally right at this very second. <laughs> and uh, he is Ben Trengrove. That's B-E-N-T-R-E-N-G-R-O-V-E. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. And I'm not going to spell it out. No one's talking to me on Twitter yet. Well, might I'm take refreshing. A, might take a day or two. We haven't finished recording yet. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our patrons who are amazing and continue to be. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.